Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Sunday podcast. I trust that you are well. I trust that during this lockdown and over this time, as you've been listening to these little podcasts, that it's been an encouragement to you. I trust that you've been growing. I know we've spoken on a lot of things over lockdown. You know, it's been good in many ways, and there's been challenges in many ways. But as we get ready to get back into our routines and as the lockdown restrictions are being lowered, we need to make sure that we are focused. We need to make sure that we have a mindset that's a godly mindset. We need to have an um, idea of life that is a biblical idea. And, uh, you know, we just got to remind ourselves of, of what the Word of God says to us and how we ought to function. And over these, these podcasts, over this time, you know, we've spoken about compassion and we've spoken about how Jesus operated, and, and I hope that it's been coming through clear that, you know, we need to operate like Jesus. When Whenever we hear the statement, what would Jesus do? We only think about the, the holiness aspect of what would Jesus do. We only think about the righteousness aspect of what would Jesus do, you know, that, that he would only do holy things, he would only act in the right manner. But there are other things that Jesus did in his, in his walk, on this earth, that he touched lives, that he changed lives, and and that is very important because the Bible is very clear when it says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost, and it's so important to understand that Jesus's mission was a mission for people. Jesus's mission was a mission to reach all of the hurting and the brokenhearted and and to set the captive free and it's our mission as well you know he wants he gave us the holy spirit to continue with that mission and when when we open our hearts to god when you know when you get blessed it is hard to be blessed and not want to be a blessing it is hard to to be set free and not want to see other people set free it's hard to to see all the good things that God does for you and not want to do that back for other people. You know, there's that statement that hurting people hurt people. And I think we've all experienced that in our lives when we've gone through life, is that when we've been bitter and we've been hurt in the past, uh, you know, before we've come to know the Lord, we've hurt other people, not, not directly many times, not intentionally many times, but we just by the virtue of the fact that we were hurting, we hurt people. Now that we are saved or, or now that we are saved and we've come to an understanding or now that we are saved and we've released the pain and we've released those hurts and we've released those disappointments and we all understand that that's a journey that we have to walk with the Lord. So, you know, as, as we get to that place, um, where we release and, and we learn to release those things. And as we receive more joy of the Lord, you know, we got to release the things that we have rele- we received from God. Now, it's so important to walk in the joy of the Lord. It's so important to walk in, in, in um, relationship with Him. It's so important to walk in unity with Him. It's so important to walk being connected to Him. And so one of the things that we want to look at this morning as we are getting ready to, to get back into our daily routines again is in Ephesians chapter 4. So pause, get your Bible, get your notepad, and let's look at some things this morning. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, now there's something here that we need to make sure that is corrected as a church. 
it's something that we need to make sure that there's a big misconception out there of how the church ought to function and and one of the most basic ideas of how a church should function is that the pastor needs to do everything the pastor needs to visit everybody the pastor needs to do all of the preaching the pastor needs to do all of the praying the pastor needs to do every single thing he needs to greet at the door he needs to serve the tea he needs to do every single thing and you know that is that was good for a time but now we understand and we've come to understand the word of God more and if we are going to be effective if we are going to change uh, our communities if we are going to see church uh, not just full of people but if we're going to see people full of God and that's so important we don't just want church full of people we want people full of God and if we're going to see that then it requires that we have a biblical understanding that that we have when it comes to the organization, when it comes to the order, when it comes to the function, that we have a biblical understanding of this. It is not only the pastor who's been given the spiritual responsibility on planet Earth. It is in, impossible for the pastor to do everything. And besides, God doesn't just want a pastor to do things because when people, when people come and when people see a, a religious leader, when people see a spiritual leader, it is so easy to say, well, he does it because he's a pastor. And this is something that we need to change within our community. The idea, the philosophy of only religious people are supposed to do religious things, or only spiritual people are supposed to do spiritual things, or only good people are supposed to do good things. But we need to understand that we as people, all of us, we are good people. You know, when you receive Jesus Christ, you're, you're a good person. He changes that on the inside of you. And, and the goodness that's on the inside of you, you need to deposit and impart into other people's lives. So we need to change this idea that we have, that it's only pastors and spiritual people or religious people, should I say, or very, uh, you know, holy people that are supposed to do the work of God. You know, what is holy? And who is holy? And without Jesus, is there anything called holy? And without Jesus, is there anything called righteous? So these are things that we need to understand. You know, pastors don't do this because they feel holy. Pastors don't do this because they feel righteous. Pastors do this because they understand that without Jesus, there is no righteousness. And without Jesus, there is no holiness. So here's something very important for us this morning is that it's not just the pastor's job. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And you've heard about this before. So this is the fivefold ministry that God has put in place in, in the body of Christ. And these folks, these, these folks here, they're responsible for teaching. But it goes on to say that he's given... He's given us the the, the prophets, the, uh, the sorry, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And the Bible is very clear that the fivefold gift ministry is there to equip the saints and to equip the saints for what? We're not supposed to equip the saints for debates. We're not supposed to equip the saints just for sitting around and, and discussing. We suppose, yes, those are fine. That's not a problem to talk about the Word of God, to talk about aspects of God's Word, to sit around and have discussions about those things. There's no problem with that. That's not 
something that's a bad thing, but that's not what we've been brought and put on planet Earth for. It's not why God gave us life. Yes, we can enjoy discussions, but he gave us life so that we can be out there ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the most powerful church is not a church that has a most powerful pastor. A most powerful church is not a church that has a most charismatic pastor. The most powerful church is not the church that has the best worship, is not the church that has the most fabulous buildings and, and the people who drive the biggest and best of cars. The most powerful church is a church where the most people are ministering. When more people come to an understanding that I have a responsibility to minister God's word to other people, that is a powerful church. Now, let's look at it one more time. It says that these, these fivefold gift ministries have been given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. So your job, even though you are not a pastor, is to do the work of the ministry, which is to help in the building up of the body of Christ, which is to help in bringing unity. And this is so important, bring unity. What does it mean to bring unity? Now, this, this is something we need to talk about. What do we need to do to bring unity? Sometimes we are so quick to judge a church. Sometimes we are so quick to point out all the things that the church is not doing. Now, let's stop here for a second. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect church. There is no church that's doing it perfectly because we are human at the end of the day. We have a human aspect to us at the end of the day. And we are all learning and we are all trying to move forward. So there is no perfect church. As long as there's a church that's not out there deceiving people and doing scandalous things, then that's a church that should not be around. But if there's a church that loves Jesus, they don't need to be perfect. They don't need to be doing everything perfectly. And the thing is that when we as, as followers or when we as, as members of the church, we want to point out all the things that is wrong and all the things that's not going well, you know, that time can be used and spent more wisely instead of pointing out all the things that's not going well and all the things that's not, not, not going according to how you perceive it to be. You can be that tool to fill and make up the gap, you see. So instead of sitting around pointing out all the things that's not working, the Bible says we've got to build the unity in the body of Christ. Do what you can do to build the unity. Do what you can do to build that, that spirit of unity in the body of Christ. Don't use your time to break down the church. Don't use your time to break down the pastor. Don't use your time to break down the leaders. Don't use your time to break down the members. Listen, when we, when we walk... Uh, you know, and this is something that needs to end quickly in church, in, is that when we are going through our everyday life and we find out someone in church has sinned, maybe they committed adultery, maybe maybe we, you, you saw them at the bottle store, maybe you saw them smoking, maybe you saw them with somebody, something, just doing something that, that's not, you know, not a godly thing. What do we do? We go and we tell everybody about it. You know, that is not how we ought to be as Christians. As Christians, we shouldn't be waiting for the opportunity to bring somebody down when we see them doing something wrong. It should be our our it should be our responsibility to cover up 
the sin of people. And, and when I say cover up, I'm not saying hide it away, but it should be our responsibility to help people through the challenges in life. We need to stop being surprised by sin. Firstly, stop being surprised by sin. People are going to sin. Long-term standing Christians are going to sin. The issue is that we need to minister Jesus Christ. We need to minister the grace of God so that sin is limited and its impact is limited in our lives. I hope that you understand that in this short time that we have is that I'm saying is that we from time to time will sin, but we've got to reduce that impact. I've got to make sure as a man who's been married for a long time that I don't sin in the area of adultery. You understand? I've got to make sure because of the impact that it would have. Now, now, that's one thing for me to say that, but as I walk in, in my daily routine, if something happens in somebody else's life, it is not my responsibility to judge them. It is my responsibility to help them through that. And this is so important. This is so important, church. You have a responsibility. And I think sometimes we underplay the responsibility we have. Sometimes we're so quick to judge and to point out how things, how people have gone and done things wrong. And you know sometimes why we do that? Why we judge other people so harsh and so hard and, and we, we, we don't want to get off of that, that point that they've sinned and they need to be told it's because we are hurting ourselves. And this is so important. We, I said earlier, hurting people hurt people. But you know, heal people heal people. And, and people who feel loved love people. And people who feel forgiven forgive people. And so it's so important firstly for you to experience that forgiveness and that goodness of God so that you can take that same ministry and you can take that same feeling and you can minister to somebody else. Now here in closing, I want us to look at Matthew chapter um, Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16. Now this is about the rich young ruler. And there's something here that is so important for us. And it says in, in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 19, Just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Now the context here, the context here, and, and this is so important because you've heard this, this part of scripture many times before. The context here is, is Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life so here's a man and his question to jesus is what must i do to inherit eternal life i want i want to make sure that i inherit eternal life and then verse 17 jesus says why do you ask me about what is good highlight that in your bible underline it circle it why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, there is only one who is good. Now, Jesus is saying there's only one who is good. He's telling this young man, why are you asking me about what is good? Because there's only one who is good. And then Jesus goes on and says, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, Jesus that's not the, the answer. The answer is not if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. The answer is there is only one who is good. Now, this young ruler, he was fixated 
on what do I need to do to in, it, inherit eternal life. He wasn't interested in how do I get eternal life. He was interested in what do I do. And when we understand salvation and we understand how we inherit eternal life, there's nothing that you can do. Even saying yes to Jesus is not something that you did to get eternal life. It was receiving what he did. And this is so important. When you say yes, it's not what you did. When you say yes, you're saying yes to what he did not what you are doing. And so here's this rich young ruler who's used to being in power and used to doing things and used to making things happen. He's saying, what do I have to do? Jesus is trying to direct his attention that there's nothing that you can ever do. It's impossible. It's not about what do you do. It's about what has been done for you. And he says, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now he says, which ones? He asked him. You see, now this rich young ruler, he's more fixated on... He's more fixated on the details rather than the big picture, okay? He's more fixated on, I've done 15, what's the other five that I don't, don't have going for me? And he says, which ones? He asked him. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, 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 now. Jesus is not answering him according to Jesus' philosophy. Jesus is answering him according to his questions, and this is very important to understand. So when Jesus is saying things like, do not murder, do not commit adultery, and he's reminding him about the Ten Commandments, and he's reminding him about the law, he's saying to him, look at how many parts of the law there is, okay? Look at how many parts of the law, because you're asking me, what do I have to do that to make myself good and to make sure that I inherit eternal life? And he's saying, there's many things, young man. There's many things. If you want to follow the law, there's many things. If you want to be perfect, there's many things. And verse 20 says, I have kept all these things the young man told him. What do I still lack? Now look at that. This is not how we need to live our life. This young man has so much going for him. He's doing things already. And he's saying, what do I still lack? And this is not about trying to improve your life. If he, if he had an attitude of trying to improve your life, it's so important because we need to look in our lives and look at the weaknesses and we need to work at our life. But he was looking at life in terms of perfection. And there is no one perfect, folks. There is no one perfect but Jesus Christ. And verse 21 says, if you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect. Now note, Jesus is not the one saying to him, this is how you must be perfect. Jesus is saying this to him because the man and his attitude and his in his manner, he is pointing out to Jesus that I want to be perfect. Jesus is trying to point out to him, there's too many things to do to be perfect. Because if you do one and you forgot the other, then you are not perfect. According to the law, you can obey all nine commandments. But if you break one of those commandments, you have broken the entire law. The entire law, not just one, you've broken the entire law. And Jesus is pointing out to him and saying, you cannot be that perfect. So if you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. So here it is in closing. In closing, you see... When he was pressing Jesus's buttons about how to be perfect, because maybe, I don't know, maybe he knew he had many things going for him. Maybe he was out to, to prove how, how good he is. I don't know. Or maybe he really didn't believe that he was perfect and doing everything well. But nevertheless, here he is, and he's asking Jesus these questions, and Jesus points out to him the one thing he is not doing, folks. And here's the, the, the bottom line here today in closing, in summary. 
We cannot be perfect. Jesus does not expect us to be perfect. He does not expect us to have everything in place in our lives before we're going to fulfill and do the things we need to do. So here's it. The reason why we don't minister to other people is because we feel that there are so many things wrong in our own lives. And I know for a fact when growing up you know, as a young man, you'd be so scared to tell people about Jesus because your life doesn't look like it reflects Jesus. And this is the, this is the most uh, the worst thing ever, the worst doctrine, the worst philosophy, this is the worst religion ever, is that you are not Christ. You and I are not Christ. We preach Christ. God hasn't called us to be perfect before we can tell people about, about who Jesus Christ is. And this has been the enemy's greatest weapon, is that when we have sin in our lives and when we have things that are wrong in our lives, folks, that is not the reason why we should not share the gospel. When it's because we are feeling guilty and because we are feeling bad, because we look at our lives all the time and we are scrutinizing our lives and we feel that we are doing things that does not re represent Jesus, therefore we can't speak about Jesus. And I'm saying to you, I'm not saying that we should ignore things in our lives. I'm saying to you that nobody can be perfect and you shouldn't wait to be perfect before you are going to minister Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the perfection that we all lack in our lives. God bless you. Until next time.